Welcome, folks, to the return of the Detsillion Mind. I'm your host, Jason. So it's been a couple months. Um, I've been away doing training the last six weeks or so. So I haven't been able to get on and and, uh, run through content like I normally have been doing. Um, So a lot's happened, you know, the last couple months. So I thought that I would do a an episode on my thoughts on issues and just kind of discuss about the last six months of the uh, the Biden administration. Uh, before we get started, I'd like to congratulate the Tampa Bay Lightning for winning the Stanley Cup, as well as congratulate the Milwaukee Bucks for winning the NBA championship. Uh, neither team I expected to win either uh league's championship to be honest um milwaukee was kind of a a dark horse if you will and uh tampa bay lightning well i just didn't really like them to begin with but uh they end up winning anyway so um we've got uh the tampa bay lightning as the new stanley cup champions back to back mind you and we've got the milwaukee bucks that uh have won their first or second championship if it's our second championship, I think they last won in like the early seventies or something like that. I can't remember, but uh, anyway, that's uh, the two championships that uh, concluded during these last two months that I've been away with for training, and uh, hopefully we can get into uh, playoffs for uh, baseball coming up here shortly. I think uh, they have their playoffs uh, in the fall. So I'm looking forward to doing that as well as maybe uh, making predictions for the new season given that the Seattle Kraken will now be in the uh, NHL as well as any predictions for the upcoming uh, NFL regular season. So I'm looking forward to that coming up in the next few months. But in the meantime, let's talk some politics. So there's been a lot of things that have been happening the last couple months here. And uh, we just passed the six-month mark for Biden's administration. So I'm going to kind of break down the Democrats and the GQP. Um, Now, a lot of these topics kind of can spill over to the other side. But I'm going to start with the Dems just because they're the ones uh, that have control of the Congress and the White House at the moment. And so some of the things that we missed was the uh, Israeli-Palestine conflict that flared up. And, you know, I just basically want to say shame on the Democrats for for their uh, um, support of the downright criminal and, quite frankly, bullshit antics that Israel pulled in the latest round between them and the Palestinians. Um, Democrats and Biden, you know, and even Bernie Sanders all got locked up uh, behind Israel and their uh, imperialist attitude toward the Palestinians and, you know, support them nonstop. Whether it was um, condoning them going in there and just grabbing land from Palestinians or going into uh, mosques during the Muslims' uh, holy period and arresting and harassing people and and, uh, assaulting them. That's what set off this whole new round of uh, conflicts between the two with uh, um, 
the Israelis retaliating and the uh, Palestinians retaliating back. You know, it, it's something that is Israel um, was pushing. It was something they started, and I think it was because Netanyahu was up for re-election, and he's been investigated as of late uh, for corruption in his government. Uh, and we kind of saw how that all happened, where I think he ended up getting replaced um, in, in their uh, in their Congress or in their uh, in their government. So um, it wasn't completely successful for Netanyahu and his Likud party, um, but at the same token, it's still a net positive for for them, which is bad for well everything else. Um, so we got the Democrats once again supporting a a party, the Likud party and Netanyahu, as they continue to to advance further and further to the right, becoming a Zionist fascist organization or, or political party. And that was kind of on on display here just recently when it came to how they treated the Palestinians and um kicked off that whole new round of bullshit that we saw a few months back. So, um, you know, shame on you, Dems, for, for siding with uh, aggressors in this matter. Um, and, and going on to their um, other foreign policy blunders, let's look at Yemen, or Yemen and Saudi Arabia, the conflict going on there. You know, that was one of the talking points, though not a big talking point, but it was one of the talking points that the Dems discussed in the 2020 uh, campaign for a presidency, as well as some other positions um, in Congress. Complaining about how the Saudi Arabians were um, basically committing war crimes in Yemen. And they were correct. That's what's happening in Yemen. And yet, now that Biden's in, it's the status quo, you know? And I kind of knew going into this, you know, as I mentioned in previous... Uh, episodes, how, you know, I voted for Biden because he'd be the easier between him and Trump when it came to, you know, holding their feet to the fire and really making them squirm when it comes to pushing for more progressive policies, you know. So um, I think, you know, still that it was a better better option, better lesser of two evils, if you will, Um to go with Biden, who is, you know, the status quo candidate. That's what his whole thing was in 2020. I'm the status quo guy. I'm not going to change anything. I'm just going to keep things going. And that has been the six months that has defined the Biden presidency. The status quo. He's the status quo with Yemen and Saudi Arabia. You know, nothing's changed. He's just kind of going with the flow. He's not He's not putting a foot down saying, hey, this is wrong. We need to stop this. We need to, at, at the very least, stop selling Saudi Arabia um, weapons so they could turn around and use them on Yemen. But because the Democrats are also beholden to the military-industrial complex... They just can't help themselves. They will take that money and they'll turn around and they will give um, more and more money to these military contractors so they can turn around and sell weapons to whoever they want to and make even more profit. Um, 
so that's kind of where we're at there with the Yemen and Saudi uh, conflict. Kind of like with the Israel and Palestine conflict as well. Uh, one side of this of each of these conflicts are getting just destroyed when it comes to their livelihoods at the expense of supporting an imperial power on the opposite end, whether it's Israel or Saudi Arabia. Um, and this kind of brings me into... Uh, um, just once again, rehashing what has been a talking point for years now, and that is the United States uh, basically betraying our allies in the Middle East. Uh, this being the Kurds, you know, they had a uh, a really promising um, alternative to. Basically, the the kind of governments and the and the economic systems that we've seen in the Middle East, you know, the last fifty years, um, but we uh, we backstabbed them. You know, we we withdrew, and when we had military presence alongside the Kurds, the the Turks and some of the other groups nearby weren't harassing the Kurds, but then once we pulled out our troops under Trump. That gave Turkey free reign to go in and start bombing the Kurds, our former allies, and probably the best option for, you know, real democracy and a, a real egalitarian uh, movement in that area, uh, a real liberal movement in that area. But it just wasn't in our economic interest, so we, we betrayed them. And I was kind of hoping that... Uh, um, Biden would have, at the very least, re-engaged with them and come up with a way to protect them. But that has not been done yet. So I'm pretty irked at uh, the Democrats for these three blunders when it comes to foreign policy. Um, but we're not done with that, with uh, foreign policy. we still got two more blunders that they have just been utterly idiotic about. Um... One is their reaction to uh, what happened in Haiti as well as in Cuba. So for those of you who don't know, there was an assassination of the president of Haiti. And come to find out, it was um, operatives who got support and training from the United States that went in there and killed the guy. And the reason why he killed them was he wasn't a an economic puppet for the United States uh, uh, imperial machine. He wasn't playing ball with uh, with America when it comes to letting in American corporations and American capitalism and allowing these corporate entities to just ransack his country. He stood up to that. He was more of a person of the people, if you will. Uh, I'm sure he's got his, had his shortcomings, but he seemed to have a little bit more of a uh, orientation towards helping his people rather than helping American corporations. And uh, it looks like he was assassinated for that um, from operatives who had U.S. training and more than likely U.S. backing uh, financially. So, you know, if that's the case, that came under... Uh, uh, Biden's watch, 
so he had to know what was going on with that. And the fact that this was allowed to happen, that's on Biden's watch. You know, he's, he's like I said, status quo. He's not trying to change anything. He's just going with, you know, the age-old imperialism that is the United States foreign policy. So he's playing into this bullshit already that we've seen with uh, Trump, Obama, Bush, Clinton... Bush Sr. And, and Reagan and, and Carter before that, going all the way back to God knows probably the beginning, you know. Um, it's got to end, you know. And, and we're seeing the same thing now happening in Cuba. You know, there, there's this, there's this uh, false narrative that they, that the majority of the people in Cuba are protesting the socialist uh, um, system that they have in place there, and that's not the case. You know, it's, uh, most of them are actually protesting, um, the foreign influence, the embargo, all that stuff that's, that's hitting, you know, Cuba, but you got the right wing, uh, far right, uh, conservatives, and then these, uh, neoliberal, uh, Democrats who are center right, who are going along with this whole attitude that, oh, we've got to bring, help bring freedom to Cuba. You know, it's, nah, they, they, I don't think they need American freedom or any help from America. I think they can handle their own as it is. So, um, as of right now, piss poor uh, handling of Cuba and Haiti on behalf of the Biden administration, you know. Um, but, like I said, Biden's the status quo guy. That's that's what he's aiming for. Not he doesn't want to ruffle any feathers. He doesn't want to get down and dirty and do what's right. He just wants to just kind of write his time out and as long as he can sit there and look like he's doing better than Trump, that's all he cares about. Which is a very low bar to to set for yourself. Um and then lastly, when it comes to like the foreign policy blunders, it's, you know, Biden's just, he's carrying on this, this new, uh, this new cold war, this new, uh, red scare that, uh, Biden's trying to drum up when it comes to combating China and Russia, you know, they're, they're, they're saber rattling. That, that's what they're doing. You know, they, they were saber rattling with, with Russia the last four years that, uh, Trump's been in office and they make some valid points about it, you know. Um, there is some concern with, with how Russia has been meddling in our elections, trying to, you know, hack into our our systems and pervert our systems in that regard, you know. But now they're, they're carrying on this whole uh, um, saber-rattling to, uh, to China, you know. We've got we to gotta battle them, you know. And, and I know it's... You know, it's a it's an economic battle. We want to make sure that we're still number one in terms of uh, the global economic superpower, but uh, going about it the wrong way. You know, um, but this is just more examples of Biden just doing the status quo. You know, he's you know regurgitating the same old tired talking points uh, when it comes to this economic. Uh, um, Cold War between the United States and China. He's not doing anything that's going to actually change things for the better. It's just the same old, same old. And China's gonna still just beat us out in the end. You know they're they're gonna do it. I, I give them 
I'll be surprised if it takes them 10 years to beat us out. I'll be surprised if it takes them five years. But eventually they're going to overtake us in in economic powerhouse. And this saber-rattling, this status quo, all this other bullshit that the imperial uh, machine that is the United States does, whether it's a Republican or a Democrat at the helm, it's, it just doesn't, doesn't matter. You know, the writing's on the wall and... And uh, going down the same old trajectory is just not going to work. But, you know, Democrats are, like I said, they're a center-right party. Um, they're just going to keep doing this because they're beholden to the same group of people that the uh, far-right Republicans are. So, you know, it, it shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody that nothing's going to change because the Democrats are just as invested in, you know, corporate uh, welfare money, as is the Republicans. And this is why I keep saying that the D next to Democrats' name should stand for Diet Republicans, because that's all it is. It's just, uh, it's uh, imperialism with a smile. It's bullshittery with a smile, you know. Nothing's going to change. When it comes to more domestic stuff, um... I still don't see them doing anything with the Green New Deal or any kind of environmental reform, you know, to, to protect the environment. Um, all that stuff has just been kind of tossed to the side. No kind of jobs program to go along with it that will help re-energize our economy, provide new jobs. This is why they called the Green New Deal to begin with, because not only is it green in terms of helping you know, take us into a new era, a new generation of renewable energies, but it's also a, a new deal um, game plan where provide new jobs, new markets, and reinvest in the average person going out there and developing the skills and the, and the uh, intelligence to meet these new jobs and rebuilding our infrastructure. That's not happening. And that kind of, you know, dovetails it into the next thing, which is infrastructure. You know, where's all these infrastructure plans that they are talking about, you know? Um, I think there's one, I think they got one that's being held up right now uh, by conservatives. But at the same token, it's like you, you have both houses and the presidency. How is this not being done? Hell, at the very least, do an executive order, you know? Biden keeps wanting to, quote-unquote, play by the rules, if you will, you know, and uh, limit himself so that Congress can go and get this done. But as we've seen the last six months, it's not happening. You know, the Democrats can't even get on the same page as as one another, much less go up against their uh, Republican rivals. So if Congress is going to continue to be... um, incompetent at doing anything, then you might as well just go and do the executive order and and create this plan to bring these new jobs, bring these new green techs to the country. And I think that's what we really need. We need something that's going to revitalize our infrastructure, renew it and rebuild it for the next generation and decades to come after that. We got to we got to we got to think. How can we um, 
revitalize our infrastructure so that it is going to mirror the second half of the 21st century or what we think the second half of the 21st century will look like. That's how we need to aim for our, uh, our infrastructure. Forward thinking, not backward. And we're not doing that. And we're not doing that with the Green New Deal and providing new options for energy. Dems were talking about this during the the campaign, and they just they they've dropped the ball on these the six months. You know, they're they're not doing anything. They they can't even get their own party to align on this. Um. And, you know, I kind of figured this was going to be the the situation when it came to, the minimum wage and the filibuster being shot down down. You know, they hit we, the Democrats can't get even a minimum wage hike or reform or removal of the filibuster through their own party because they got a couple of people, Joe Manchin being one of them, this moderate, uh, quote-unquote moderate uh, Democrat, um, who's holding up the whole party. And he represents a small-ass state like West Virginia. Why is one senator from a small-ass state like West Virginia holding up the rest of the country and the rest of the... uh, um, the other Democratic uh, uh, senators and representatives when it comes to uh, getting some sort of a, a, a platform on the national level. You know, I said this before, I'm going to say it again. You know, if Joe Manchin and, and certain other quote-unquote moderate Democrats are going to throw a wrench in infrastructure spending and Green New Deal uh, uh, energy uh, spending and all and a whole bunch of other stuff, kind of like what they did with the filibuster and the minimum wage, then they need to crack the whip on them. Say, hey, here's the party's platform. Here's A, B, C, and D items, idea pieces of ideology that we believe as a party, and you can either get on board with that and support it, or you got you're not going to get our funding, and you can just go and find somebody else to. To, to align with. That's what they need to do with Joe Manchin. Say, hey, man, if you're a Democrat, then you need to get behind the our national platform. Just because you're a senator from West Virginia doesn't mean you, you should be putting only uh, what's in the interest of what you think is in the interest of West Virginians. You need to work with the national platform to make sure that everybody can benefit from legislation that is being proposed and they're not doing that they're not holding this guy's feet to the fire and they will continue to have an issue with joe manchin and these other moderate democrats as long as they don't hold their feet to the fire but they can't do that you know they're they can't even they're not even holding conservatives feet to the fire you know they're not holding conservatives feet to the fire for january 6th and that whole uh um little coup attempt that uh, Trump and his little uh, band of idiots tried to do. They're not holding him accountable for that. You know, they're barely going after the people and, and you know, that were there and, and uh, giving them charges. You know, there's new information that came out that uh, the FBI was working with the uh, White House to uh, to turn the, the Kavanaugh investigation into a sham. Is there going to be any kind of you know, reprimands on, 
Trump or the Republicans for doing this. I mean, the Republicans, you know, McConnell made it very open that they were going to obstruct and turn the investigation into a sham out in the open as it was happening. They said they're going to make it as quick and bullshit as possible just to push their guy through. And are they going to are, – are, are the Democrats, are they doing anything about it? No. They keep wanting to try to work with them and find compromise and common ground and all that stuff. I mean the Democrats, they, 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 they don't have a backbone to get themselves together and do what needs to be done. You know, they keep wanting to be all, you know, limp-wristed about it and, and not doing a damn thing. You want to play nice with the Republicans. Let's make it bipartisan. You're not going to get anything bipartisan with a, with a party that has gone so far to the right. It's basically, you know, French-kissing fascists. It's just not worth that. Bipartisanship is not worth it when... That's who you are trying to compromise with. So stop trying to compromise with them. These first six months should be ample evidence of that. And if not, then just wait two years. I guarantee you, you're going to lose seats. You're going to lose control, just like what happened, uh, you know, right after Obama took office. First two years, they had control and they wanted to, you know, play nice with the Republicans after Bush. They don't want to go after him for his war crimes. You know, this is a recurring thing with Democrats. They just don't have a backbone. They don't have the balls to step up and say, hey, you guys got out of line. You're going to pay for it now. And this is why Republicans can keep, you know, keep shifting further and further to the right and keep um, transforming into more and more of a fascist party. And then going and doing bullshit like the coup in January sixth because they know they can get rid they can get away with it, you know. Reagan got got away with his bullshit, Iran Contra, you know, he, he got away with uh, um, his bullshit when it came to getting elected, and nobody held Reagan's feet to the fire. You know, Bush Senior wrongly invaded Iraq under false pretenses. Nothing was done to him. But they turned around and they sure went after Bill Clinton for getting a blowjob, you know. And then what? Bush came in, lied about Iraq, lied about Afghanistan. Nothing happened to him. Nothing happened to George Bush Jr., you know. And now nothing's happened to Trump. You can see over the last 40 years, Republicans have just been able to get away with everything. And that's why they continue to behave like this and continue to just descend into far-right fascist um, craziness to the point where they have become a conspiracy party and their feet are not held to the fire. And, you know, Democrats are like, well, we need to play nice with them. Well, no, you don't. They've proven over the last 40 years you can't play nice with them. They will continue to obstruct and do everything they can to prevent any kind of compromise. And then when they get the power, they'll push their far-right bullshit and just shove it down people's throats. So what makes... So, you know, why? why? Why compromise with that? And why compromise with the moderates in your own party? It's time to get 
down and dirty and play for scraps. You got to play scrappy on this because if you don't play for keeps, then you're just going to hose yourself. So they need to keep pushing this minimum wage thing. That will help the average person. They need to work on reforming or getting rid of the filibuster. That's not needed. That That's a bullshit practice that needs to end. They got to reinvest in the infrastructure and creating Green New Deal jobs and, and that whole infrastructure behind environmental aid to make sure that we don't continue to destroy our, our environment. We've got to hold conservatives responsible. And I think the very first thing that needs to happen to show that Democrats are, are that they mean business is they need to go and do a, launch a full-scale investigation into this whole thing with the FBI and Kavanaugh. And if they can find any kind of link to the Republicans and, and McConnell, they need to go after them and not hold back. At the very least, they need to impeach Kavanaugh from his position in the uh, Supreme Court. They need to uh, um, impeach and go after McConnell if they can show that he was in on this whole thing, which, I mean, his rhetoric during the whole uh, nomination investigation is ample proof enough that he was trying to do whatever he could to uh, push this guy through fast enough. And quite frankly, they need to go a step further and be like, you know what, let's go after this uh, Coney Barrett bitch and get her out of there too. You know, she, she as I said before, she is uh, the far-right... Um, crazy zealot uh, Christian group that the author of The Handmaid's Tale based the uh, Gideon, uh, Kingdom of Gideon after. And now she is in the Supreme Court. Keep that in mind. The zealot, crazy Christians that the author of The Handmaid's Tale based the, uh, the main antagonist's that is the kingdom of Gideon, after one of them is now in our Supreme Court. So I think the Democrats need to go after those two uh, Supreme Court justices. At the very least, on top of that, they need to you know definitely start talking about expanding the uh, Supreme Court. We're at nine right now. Let's, uh, let's bring it up to like 13 or something. You know, if, the Republicans are going to play dirty, then it's time for the Democrats to play dirty too. And if that's how they're going to behave, then I say expand the Supreme Court. Let's make this, uh, let's bring this back as a talking point um, and really start threatening it now because this is, this is ridiculous. Uh, lastly, when it comes to domestic uh, economic policy, we need tax reform. The, ta- the, the Trump tax cuts are bleeding us dry. The deficit is crazy year in and year out under Trump, and he has dropped us even deeper in national debt as a result. It's time that we reverse, at the very least, the Trump tax cuts and start re-implementing new tax brackets, 
new tax reform that's going to help the average person out and make the top 1%, the top 5%, the top 10% pay more in taxes. Because last time I checked, 80% of the tax breaks went to the top at least 5% of uh, revenue earners in the United States. And then big business, you know, corporations and all the likes, they got an even bigger handout. 35% down to 21%. I mean, come on, really? That is way too much. It's time to stop that. It's time to reverse it. Let's start doing tax reform, tax breaks from the bottom up, not from the top bottom. Trickle-down economics doesn't work, and there's absolutely no reason why we should have trickle-down taxes. And that's what we got with the Trump tax breaks. So, come on Biden, come on Democrats. Let's start talking about reversing the Trump tax cuts and start going in a more progressive fashion towards um, a better tax reform that will help the average person and not big business and the filthy rich. And lastly, get those kids out of the fucking cages. There's absolutely no reason why these refugees, these children, should be... There's no reason why they should be in cages. Period. You've had six months, Biden, to do something about this and you're not doing a damn thing. Once again, status quo. Whatever the status quo was under Trump, you're just kind of continuing it. You haven't done a damn thing... You had tons of time to come up with a game plan. You had all of 2020 to come up with a game plan to solve this issue. And then you had six months of your presidency to implement a game plan. Where is it? Why can't you do anything? And lastly, I'll close on my little rant against the Democrats by one thing I'm actually... uh, um, supportive of the Democrats and what how they're behaving. And that is their voting rights uh, acts that they have been pushing out there, especially the Democrats in Texas who have fled the state, gone to Washington, D.C. to drum up national support so that Republicans in, in uh, Texas cannot pass these harsh voter suppression tactics in the state. And I think that the Democrats on the national level need to take a page out of the uh, Texas State Democrats book as to how to actually be Democrats because um, the Texas State Democrats are, are – uh, they're, they're kicking ass when it comes to uh, what it means to be a, a real progressive, a real liberal. And uh, – those in, those uh, Democrats in Washington, D.C. really need to wake up and start applying that standard. So kudos to the uh, Texas Democrats for uh, standing up to uh, uh, Wheels McGee Abbott um, and his bullshit when it comes to uh, ta- voter suppression. Kudos to you guys. Keep it up. And now on to the the GQP. The Grand Conspiracy with a Q Party. These last six months, they have just gone off the deep end. I thought that they had gone off the deep end, you know, when it came to conspiracies and all this other crap. Um, The last 
few months of 2020, but these first six months of 2021, these first six months of uh, uh, Biden's presidency, they have just gone off the deep end when it comes to um, conspiracy theories. You know, just regurgitating the, the, the big lie over and over and over again. That's all they do is regurgitate this big lie and basically stating that, you know, for all extents and purposes, that the, the election was stolen and that's why they are going and, and in like at least 25 to 30 states across the United States, they have come up with voter suppression laws to basically rig the election for the next time around in 2022 for midterms or for 2024, the next presidential election. And I, I, I got a really bit, I am, I'm very pessimistic about this. I think that they're going to succeed in this because the Democrats don't have a backbone except for the Texas Democrats who've got a really strong backbone, but everybody else, you know, especially on the national level, the national Democrats, they have no backbone. They have no, they have no, they don't have a pair to just put their foot down and say, nope, enough is enough. I don't think so. Not not again. They don't care. They're they're silent on it. And they're going to have they're gonna see a sweeping um wave of voter suppression that will bring back a hell of a lot more Republicans into the House and the Senate. And I got a feeling that twenty twenty four we will we will see a Republican return to office. Unfortunately. And that's just going to snowball affect it. They're not doing anything to stand up for voting rights. They've allowed the Civil Rights Act of the, of the 1960s to get completely gutted, starting in 2013 by Republicans. And they're not doing anything about it. You know, they're they're just they're they're uh, they're they're bending over and letting the QAnon conspiracy Republicans to per- perpetuate their big lie about how it was stolen. So that's what we need to be focused on right now. Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, a progressive from some other party, a liberal from some other party, whatever. The main thing is we need to be standing up and uniting against the GQP the Grand Conspiracy Party, because that's all that they have resorted themselves to. And I also want to point out the hypocrisy that Republicans have demonstrated here recently. Throughout all four years of Trump's presidency, the Republican narrative was, is, oh, we, we care about, you know, economic uh, issues we care about things issues that really affect the average person. The Democrats, oh, they they only care about pushing their social issues. Well, ever since Biden took office, hell, ever since Trump lost the election, that's the only thing that the Republicans have been able to do is regurgitate talking points about social issues, you know, buzzwords. 
I'm I'm tempted to come up with some like some sort of a bingo game for uh, buzzwords that uh, Republicans use, so that you know whenever I'm watching any kind of a political show, I can play bingo or something like that, and uh, uh, turn it into like a drinking game. Because it seems like every single time I hear a conservative talk, they say woke or, vir- or or mention virtue signaling. Once again, they're going after social issues and complaining about social issues, about how things are woke or, you know, corporations are woke now or, or uh, they're virtue signaling because they are, uh, you know, supportive of uh, different liberal uh, positions, you know. Or they like to sit there and call everything socialism or communism now. You know, if it doesn't align with their far-right neoliberal idea of, of uh, capitalism, it's socialism. It's, it's getting ridiculous. You know, that's like their, their boogeyman scare word, you know. Oh, we don't like this thing, we'll just call it socialism. That, that'll get the uh, average ignorant American to, uh, you know, get all spooked about it inside with us. They'll bring up cancel culture or be in silence. That's one of the big ones right now too. Is I keep hearing how conservatives, uh, you know, are being silenced or being canceled for speaking out about their conser- their conservative positions. They're not being canceled. They're not being silenced. They still have a huge ass platform, a huge ass microphone on Twitter or Facebook. You know, there have been far more people on the left that have been silenced or canceled on social media than there have been, you know, the the Steven Crowder types or the Ben Shapiro types. You know, they, they they're not being silenced. Um there's, 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 it's just it's just talking points. It's buzzwords, it's scaremongering to get their base all riled up on the one central narrative that they're somehow winning the oppression uh, Olympics. Which brings me to another thing. They don't like how... Their, their other talking point is things are just too political now. You know, the, I'm not going to watch the Olympics because it's become, quote-unquote, too political. Uh, who, are, who are the athletes representing? Countries. Countries are political. Their very existence is political in nature. So if you don't want the Olympics to be political, then maybe we shouldn't have... Countries being represented by athletes. Why don't we just have athletes represent themselves? You know? So, there you go. That will absolve the Olympics from being, quote-unquote, too political because they're no longer representing countries, political entities. They're now representing individual people. Boom, problem solved. But you don't like it because, what, oh, it's, you know... Athletes are kneeling or you don't like it because, you know, athletes are now allowed to be trans, you know, in different sports. Or you don't like it because, you know, there's this pro-LGBT, you know, stance now. Well, too bad, you know. You don't seem to care when sports or corporations were being uh, conservative in their positions, you were fine with that. You didn't. I didn't hear conservatives complaining about the uh, the baker refusing service to a gay couple. I didn't. I didn't hear them being called too political. No, they stood by them. 
what it is is you just don't like conservatives just don't like that co- companies or institutions or sports have a liberal slant to them now. How's the old saying go? History uh, slants towards li- being more liberal and more progressive. Has a, a liberal bend to it. Well, you know, hate to say it, conservatives, but uh, that's kind of what's happening. We're seeing slow and steady progressive um, advancement. So if you don't like it, well, then tough shit. Don't watch the Olympics. I don't care. I'm not watching it because, eh, it's the Olympics, whatever. It's boring. It's We sit there and uh, clap and, and get all, you know, patriotic proud over sports that we only care about once every four years. So why even care about it then, you know? So, yeah. Um, so some more scaremongering that I've noticed from the... Uh, the uh, the GQP is they they are bringing back the nineteen eighty like the the nostalgia for the nineteen eighties is is just super strong with conservatives to the point that they are they're bringing back talking points from the nineteen eighties you know the liberal agenda the uh, you know claiming people who are lesbian or gay or bi or trans or they're sexual deviants or they're pedos you know i mean this is all stuff i mean how they they were even talking about how it's the gay it's homosexual people's fault for uh, aids they're bringing all this stuff back from the 1980s it's like they don't have any new content they don't have anything to talk about other than rehashing nostalgia from the reagan era because that's like their golden age you know that that's for them like the 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 pinnacle of conservatism is is the uh, the eighties and Reagan, and they're going back and they're just rehashing that same old bullshit over and over again to the point where they're bringing back their talking points, their hate mongering against people of color and gay people and other groups that they don't like, and they're just rehashing the same old talking points about how they're responsible for you know sexual degradation of of our culture and. You know, they're, you know, they're sexual deviants like being pedophiles or they're, uh, you know, they're bringing all these diseases in, you know, and all this stuff. It's just like, really? You're going to go back that far and, and, and come up with those bullshit talking points that were obscenely incorrect and obscenely bigoted back then in the 80s. And now you're going to try to bring them back here in the 2020s? Come on now, let's, let's get with it. You know, but the thing that really, you know, kind of really brings out their hypocrisy in my eyes is the hypocrisy that they claimed on the Democrats when Obama was president for eight years. Every, like every single day for eight years when Obama was president, the Republican talking point was is, well, Democrats, liberals, progressives, the left, whatever you want to call them. They worship the, the the government. They worship the state, you know. Um, that that Democrats, you know, their their deity is to uh, is to the the presidency and 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 the government, and that's how that's their their church, their their center of worship. And yet, when when Trump was uh, in in office for four years, 
the Republicans just immediately started talking about how we need to respect the presidency, we need to respect our government, our country, that, you know, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread, that, you know, that this country is, you know, that this, uh, um, this government is, you know, like, beholden to their God or whatever bullshit they talk about, you know, to stir up this, this, uh, uh, patriotic zeal, you know, that's what they were doing to the point where they were coming up with just bigoted, patriotic education to indoctrinate our kids with, you know, it's, 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 it's amazing. Like the, the, the projection and the deflection that, that Republicans do, you know, they sit there and talk about how critical race theory is, you know, propaganda and it, and it's uh used to brainwash and indoctrinate our children to hate America and all this bullshit and yet they're turning around and coming up with this quote unquote patriotic education um Trump tried to do it when he was still in office but that failed but they're trying to come up with like this this patriotic type of um education that basically worships the United States the government of the United States and so basically what it is, is it's the Republicans sitting there saying, hey, yeah, we know that we uh, blamed you Democrats for uh, worshiping the, the state when, uh, when you guys had Obama in office. But uh, in, in truth, under Trump, we worshiped a hell of a lot harder than, you, than the Democrats ever could imagine. I mean, it, it was, I mean, they were basically calling for... Uh, you know, the United States to become a theocracy under Trump. That That's basically the rhetoric that, that we had for the last four years when Trump was in office. And then, of course, you know, now that he's out of office, it's right back to the same old talking point again that, uh, you know, um, the Democrats put too much stock in the government. They they worship the state, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's like, but you guys just got done beating yourself off dry to Trump being in office for four years and about how it's, you know, he's God's candidate and we got to respect uh, the government and, and the presidency and blah, 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 this and that. And, you know, it's just like, dude, you guys are projecting way too hard. Doth protest too much is the saying. So maybe try to make it a little bit more believable, first of all, and don't do it yourself. But does but they can't help themselves. They they're so enamored with this idea of worshiping this the state, and trying to transform it into Gideon. Gilead, I'm sorry, Gilead. Um, trying to transform it into Gilead, from The Handmaid's Tale. That they're willing to go to the the extreme. They're they're willing to adopt fascist ideology, and. You know, history doesn't repeat itself, but it sure as hell does rhyme. And this is what happened in the Weimar Republic. We're seeing a uh, repetition, a uh, a rhyming of what's going on. The Republicans are coming in there and they're trying to rewrite history to go back to how it was before when they could sit there and just openly lie about the history of the United States. Make it seem like it's this grand, awesome thing. And that's part of the thing, that's part of the reason why uh the Texas Democrats fled the state is because not only are they trying to push voter suppression laws, but they're also trying to push this very fascist um worship style education program 
in Texas. What are they doing down there? The, 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 the Republicans in Texas are trying to rewrite um, American history to basically make it look like uh, the United States is benevolent and um, perfect in the whole nine yards. They're taking out uh, any kind of uh, mention of Native Americans and their history. They're taking out uh, um, referencing white supremacy and how it was the center of slavery in the South. They're even taking out uh, Martin Luther King Jr.'s uh, speeches and, and no longer requiring um, the education system in te- Texas to uh, educate children on you know, Martin Luther King and his speeches, including his I Have a Dream speech. Keep this in mind. The same Republicans who want to sit there and tote how Martin Luther King Jr. was a Republican and therefore um, Republicans of today are exactly the same as Republicans during MLK's time period and in fact are the same as as MLK. They're also the same Republicans who are now turning around and trying to gut uh, Martin Luther King and his speeches about civil rights out from the curriculum for history. They are literally whitewashing history in Texas, cutting out anything that is not white and that is not Eurocentric and does not paint the United States and its history and its antics, its behavior in a positive light. Anything that runs counter to that they are gutting it out. Anything that questions whether the United States was, was right or wrong in anything, they will cut that out. They, they want to reimagine, re-reimagine the United States history and the narrative surrounding it as some benevolent um, entity. This, this uh, shining city on the hill as they're their demigod Reagan would would put it. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to whitewash it all out, get rid of all the bad stuff about it, and only approach American history from the perspective of of the white man, the white European colonizer, totally ejecting the uh, perceptions of Native Americans, Black Americans, any other group of people who've come to the United States to kind of help make it the melting pot it's supposed to be. And Republicans are trying to go and, you know, just strict that from the uh, the history books. And this is really, what this is, is this is um, Daughters of the Confederacy Education 2.0. Because this was done before. During after Reconstruction in the South, during the Jim Crow era, up until and including parts of the Civil Rights era, the education in the South was was dominated by white supremacists of the Daughters of the Confederacy. They pushed out this narrative, and it's just as I said, you know, white Eurocentric. That could not that 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 refused to 
highlight any negative of the United States, only uh, talk about how the United States is positive or benevolent and all this other stuff. They would totally whitewash slavery and the Jim Crow laws, making it sound like, you know, it's that, that slavery was beneficial to black people and that black people liked it. This was literally what was in textbooks up until the 1960s. And now we have version 2.0 of that coming in by Republicans spearheaded in the state of Texas where they are trying to once again rewrite history to discredit anything that is not white or Eurocentric or questions the motive of the United States and highlights how it's not been benevolent, benevolent, but more often than not, nefarious. So if you want to talk about somebody or anybody, any political ideology or sociopolitical ideology or even economic ideology trying to uh, brainwash or uh, uh, pervert people's minds with uh, indoctrination, it's conservatives because they're the ones that are pushing this and then they turn around and project it onto their, uh, their political opponents. And it's time that we stop this because, like I keep saying, the GQP, the Grand Conspiracy Party with a Q, they are barreling forward to full-blown fascism. I did a a uh, three-piece series on this last year, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to hit this up again um, now that there's uh, some more material I've come across in terms of um, social scientists, you know, uh, um, studying it and coming up with their their take on it. I keep re- referring to uh, Robert, Robert Paxton, but there's, uh, um, I think it's a Quarta Echo or something like that. Um, I'll have to double check that. I got a couple notes written down, but, you know, that's that's going to be our challenge of this decade, if not the rest of this uh, uh, century, or at least the first half of this century, is we need to combat the Republicans' descent into fascist madness because they are trying to make history rhyme. They're trying to repeat what happened in the Weimar Republic and in Italy in the 1920s, 30s, and 40s. That is their goal, and they keep coming back to it over and over again. They did it in the 80s. They did it in the 60s. They did it at the turn of the, into the going into the 20th century here in the United States. Conservatives, whenever they are pressed up against the wall, whenever they're, they're challenged and they feel like things aren't working, anytime there's any kind of a calamity in the United States, in, the, in, the, in this case, rebounding off of the Great Recession, any single time they can, they will turn around and they will just hightail it to fascism in order to hold on to power and hold on to the narrative when it comes to uh, social and cultural uh, uh, dominance. That's what we're seeing here. So as much as I railed on the, the Democrats for being spineless, I'm also railing on the Republicans for being openly fascist and, and bigots, especially these last six months. 
they have done nothing but shown their true colors. And unfortunately, it seems that a lot of Americans are colorblind. So that is our goal, is to stop them. Thanks for listening in to The Detailing Mind. I'm your host, Jason, with another episode of My Thoughts on Issues.